0: And this morning I have a message from the book of Judges, chapter 4 and 5, and i am entitled The Zeal to Win, Overcoming Sin Until It's Dead. A zeal to win, overcoming sin until it's dead. And this is the story that many people might know already, but it's the story of uh, Deborah. And she was a prophetess, and she was a judge, and while that might not seem to be a big deal, it actually is a big deal, because she's not just any judge, she is the the uh, the judge and the leader over Israel at that time. And um, she's going to accomplish some great things, especially what seems to be in a man's world. And while of her time after time that uh, she was in power because a man didn't show up, the Bible actually never says that. That is just pure speculation. What we do know is that God used her mightily as a leader of Israel uh, over the Israel people, and she seemed to serve for over 40 years or at least 40 years. And she was a leader of men, uh, a prophetess of God, a ruling judge who held court under the uh, palm of Deborah in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came from all over to have have thing, have her settle things and have her settle disputes and decide disputes and take and settle it among the people. So she was very wise as well as that, she was the leader of the people, and this includes more than just women and children and boys and girls, this was rulership over the men as well. But she was also a team player and she understood the customs of the day and she learned how to work around those customs and with the people of that time. And by the way, the the poem is symbolic of victory and peace and triumph. And after reading the story we'll and learning about this battle, we'll learn that there was peace that followed for about 40 years. And now this story is not just about Deborah and the success that she had. Uh, it's a story really about different types of twists and turns and we're going to speak also about uh, King Jabin of Canaan um, who possibly took Deborah for granted, although maybe thinking that he can overtake and be victorious over this, this uh, great woman during war and the story is about also about obedience and being willing to submit to God and the plans and purposes for our life and the story deals also with Barak uh, the commander of the army whose focus and trust didn't allow, did not always look towards the Lord uh, for for help and strength. The story is also about a woman, another woman, Jael, who intentionally and purposely goes against culture and expectations and rises up symbolically to Purge sin to overcome it until it's dead, and we'll learn that she was strong and cool under pressure, and she knew how to use a hammer and a tenth peg. And uh, this battle will eventually uh, credit her for the win, for her courage, uh, resourcefulness, and and wit, and her understanding of the times in which she lived in. And she makes a very bold statement with her her actions. She knew who she was, and she knew um, who she was for and who she was against, and so many uh, unexpected twists and turns. So let's read the story beginning in Judges uh, four. We'll read six and nine for now. So Deborah sent for Barak, the son of Ahabaniyam from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, go with you and take 10,000 men of uh, Naphtali and Zebulun and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure uh, Sisera and the commander of Jabin with his chariots and his troops to Kishon River and give them into your hands. Barak said to her, if you go with me, I will go. If you don't go with me, I won't go. Very well, Deborah then goes on to say, I will go, but because of the way you're going about this, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman, so Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. Uh, Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the worship, Lord, and for the witnesses that we have here today and throughout history and scripture. Uh, Lord, may we experience you in greater ways today. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. And amen. You may be seated. This story in Judges chapter 4 starts off with like so many other Bible stories that go on once again, once again, once again. They did Israel, they did Israel did wrong in the sight of the Lord. He did, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And this caused people uh, to end up in serious trouble. And verse 2, uh, so the Lord sold them uh, into the hands of Jabin, a king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar, the commander of the army was uh, Sisera, uh, who lived in Hirosheth Haguin, because he had nine, you say that real fast as well, I got through that just now, I don't know that I'll say that again, because he had 900 iron chariots and uh, had cruelty cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, and then they cry out to the Lord, and I think that's quite clear, that dealing with the Lord uh, our actions and our inactions move his hand to bless us or can can be withheld from us and when he pulls his hand of protections from us bad things start to happen and while you might think hey uh, that the all the wins are yours uh, all the wins in your life are because of you uh, because of your hard work and because of your worth, ethics or because of your talents and your abilities think again Israel did evil in the eyes of the Lord and they ended up oppressed and they were mistreated. And if you want wins in your life, don't rise up against the Lord. Amen. If you want wins in your life, don't rise up against the Lord. Don't expect uh, His words and and don't reject it, I should say. Don't reject His his words and ways and, and um, your future and success will actually depend on that. And again... But you might think your success is all about your own work and your hard work. In the end, that might be your only gain on on planet Earth because your future, uh, beyond the realm of this natural world in which we live in, um, is not going to be so good. I promise you that. Don't keep trying to work and and figure things out on your own uh, in the natural eyes, in your natural thinking, and not giving the Lord the credit for your victory. Or maybe, you are given the, you, you, maybe you are just taking credit for the Lord's victory. I don't know. But you should be giving all glory and honor to the Lord. Amen. I also want to say, don't be stubborn. Right? We see this in, in, that the Israelites, they suffered for 20 years and things are going really bad for them. And then after 20 years, they finally really cry out to the Lord for help. Why are they waiting so long? I don't get that. Why are we waiting so long before we seek help from God? But we, we often will cause ourselves our own uh, situations that we find ourselves in. But church, America is in trouble. Don't believe all the, the lies that everything is just okay. I hope you're paying attention to what's happening out there. I hope you're noticing what's happening uh, in our country and around the world. I hope you're taking note of it all to discern and think through it all for yourself. The other day, the president of the United States of America said the economy is fine and strong. Um, He doesn't seem to think that there's an inflation problem in America or that we have a a border issue. Uh, But our experience really tells us otherwise. Um, I I spent so many years in New York City. I love New York City. Just take that for a moment. I I grew up there in Brooklyn and spent many years there, uh, enjoying the many restaurants and theaters and and museums and walking the streets and stuff like that. I I knew it well, Um, but I know and I'm glad that now I don't have to go there uh, very often. I'm just glad I don't have to go there anymore. It's a dangerous place, the streets are a mess, and, and the place is unsafe, and it, it's, not, it's not just New York City anymore, it's really a lot of our major cities around uh, the country, that are falling apart. And while so many lies are being reported about how things are, um, I'll tell you this, crime is up, homelessness is up, gas prices are up, inflation is up, lawlessness is up. We know that times are bad. We know that times are troubling. And we need some wins in America. But none of this really matters if the Lord's hands of protection is not going to be with us. We need a great move from God. I hope you're praying for that, church. We need a great move of God. Because he's the only one that's going to give us the victory. He's the only one who can give us the ability to carry on. He's the only one that really allows us to be a successful and produce wealth and overcome our adversaries. Uh, now, now, trouble will come our way. The Bible says that, especially when people are doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. I want you to get that. If he pulls his hands of protection from his chosen people, Israel, people, right, when they sin against God, when they are to be influences of our nations, how much more will he do that to us? How much more will he do that to other nations who who will not serve him and follow him? Um, They're in trouble and we're in trouble as well. We must turn back to God. We must turn back to the word of God. We must turn back to these altars and prayer and fasting and faith. The people cried out to God, and the Lord responds with help. God approves of Deborah. God approves of Deborah. And for a lot of people, I need to say that again. God approved of Deborah. Deborah's a prophetess, a spokesperson for the Lord. She was leading Israel and settling disputes among the people at that time. And she receives the word of the Lord. And let me just pause and say this, that... The women in the past do great and mighty things for the nation and the people, um, and he will do it again. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. You need to know that. and He will pour out spirit on the young and the old and the male and the female, and, and he will do a great and mighty work through his church and through his people. Yes. Amen? Amen? Oh, you're not excited enough today, but i got to tell you, we, he's going to do some great things. I'm going to tell you that, and he can continue to do some great things and, and so when I listen to some men and listen to some pastors and leaders um, who wanna limit women and limit what they do through, through them, I yield to caution and, and I say pause and slow things down a bit because throughout history, God used women in a really great and mighty way and so I say thank you, thank you. And thank you for the Lord, for godly women in this house, in this church, in this area, right? Uh, The Lord, we love the Lord, and they love the Lord. And they're willing to serve and willing to give and willing to go and willing to step up when they need to step up and do the things that God has called them to do. May we rise up an army of women. May we rise up a young group, an old group that are willing to change the course of history, putting forth godly principles. Throughout history, and even before the early church was formed, God used women to lead, to rule, to judge, to give the spoken word, to prophesy, right? And and to do many things. Deborah is just one of them. Whatever the Lord has for us, whatever He wants for us, that is what we should want. I want you to get that. That whatever the Lord has for you, whatever He wants for us, that is what we should want too. Now, I believe women are... uh, that they're not excluded really from any kind of service uh, for God. And I understand the New Testament seems to s- suggest some other things and the Bible seems to be silent in some way on women functioning in the, in the role of priest. Uh, but nevertheless, I'm not doing that battle today or, or debating that topic today. I just want to say that whenever you read Scripture and allow Scripture to lead you, don't let society lead you don't let tradition lead you don't allow your feelings and your emotions to cloud your judgment and to lead your to lead your mind wherever it takes you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in all truth right let, let, let God lead you in all truth don't don't we need to comply to his words and follow his leading right and then obey his words even if you don't fully understand it obey his words anyway even if you don't like it. But clearly, God didn't exclude Deborah from leadership. He did not exclude her from judging and ruling over all of Israel. With the help of the Levites, right? And the priests of that time scattered along through the towns, right? Again, Deborah led. And she didn't just lead women and children. She led men. This is undeniable. And while some say that position was meant for a man, and the man didn't step up and show up, the Bible actually doesn't say that. That's conjecture. That's pure speculation. That might be your personal narrative that you want to portray. That might be your personal agenda that you're trying to put forth. All it says is that honor would go to a woman. That's all it says. Because during those days, the men were leading the armies uh, to war, not the women. And so Barak did not obey the word of the Lord. And today, culturally, things we find to be a little bit different. Women are educated educated more educated than they were back then they don't wear veils anymore and most pastors right aren't from a Jewish descent right they're not they're, we're not all Jewish men anymore we're Gentiles so we see things changing as experiences changing God wants to expand his will and way across the world this topic needs a greater study I understand when women in ministry are held back because they're women that's alarming that's alarming strong men are not intimidated by gifted women. And this ain't a quote for me, I don't really know where I got it from, but if he wants to reach the world uh, for Jesus, and we, we want that, then he has to empower women to raise up, stand up, and do their part in a mighty way. Yeah, I think you can This is not about feminism either. Let me just say that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about raising up a, an army of women who are going to go out into the world and do, do the will of God that they were called to do. When God confirms this call, regardless if you're a man or a woman, or if you're a boy or girl, whatever it is, right? You stand up and you step out in faith. Allow God to open the doors and then you faithfully walk through those doors empowered by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. When he says go... He often means get ready to go, get get ready to go, get prepared to go. Start preparing, start studying, start start getting ready, start serving where you are, right? Get your house in order and continue to seek out His will. Listen to His voice, right? And align your life with His current assignment to your life. He will often use those delays as times of preparation. He will utilize those who make themselves available to Him. And where we lack, God is going to fill in those gaps. Place your confidence and trust fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. Allow Him to take you places that you can't even imagine or dream of. He will take you higher and further than you can even imagine. Now, Barak had confidence in Deborah, and I think he should have had more confidence in the Lord. And Deborah gives Barak, the army commander of Israel, a word from the Lord, verse 6. And the Lord God of Israel commands you, go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them to the way of Mount Tabor. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army with the chariots and his troops to the Kishron River and give them into your hands. While God clearly approved of Deborah, God did not approve of King Jabin. God did not approve of King Jabin. Now, we know that God is for you. Who can be against you, the word of God says. And we know that while God is with Deborah and for Deborah, he's not for King Jabin. And therefore, he's not going to be with Sisera the, the commander of the King Jabin's army either. Now, we should pray for our enemies. We should pray for their salvation. We should pray that they're set free. We should pray that they become godly people, influenced by the Holy Spirit. But when they harden their hearts against The Lord, hard times are going to eventually follow them. In fact, we saw that in the beginning of this chapter. When you stand against God, you lose. He wins every time. You lose, God wins. Checkmate. Now, God did not approve of King Jabin, and and he loses in the end. We know that. Now, while Barak did not obey the word of the Lord, he will win that battle nevertheless. But again, there's twists and turns in the story as as we go by. And now when you receive the word of the Lord, first, test that word. Test that word. Test what's being said. Ask the Lord for wisdom and knowledge and discernment. Ask for more clarity. Because not everything that's said to you is right for you. And the Lord will often confirm his word through others. Or through other types of events. And I believe Barak maybe even heard from the Lord before he even heard from Deborah. And we see the indication possibly in verse 14. He has has not the Lord gone ahead of you? Deborah was simply confirming the word of the Lord. But when God said it, and you know it's the word of the Lord, you know that God is speaking to you. Not because someone starts their conversation that way or prays the word of the Lord. And then all of a sudden it must be the word of the Lord. But because you studied God's words, you heard God's words, you you understand that deep inside of you, that word, you're saying, that is a word for me. Then you obey it. Last few weeks, we had some great moves of God in this house, in this place. If you're not here, you're missing that, right? Uh, Even during our devoted times have been amazing through our prayer and our fellowship nights. God's doing something great and wonderful in this house. Again, if you're not here... You're missing it. The body of believers need to come together and unify in one mind perfectly. No, but come together? Yes. Pray with each other. Yes. Fellowship with each other. Yes. as long as we stay faithful and remain faithful to him and to his word and to his causes, the Lord's going to be with us and for us. And God told Barak now through Deborah, go and take the 10,000 men. Get ready for battle. I will help you. And God said, I will lure the enemy into your hands. But for Barak, that word was not good enough. And Barak said to, to Deborah in verse 8, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Now, what I love about the Old Testament stories is that they're not just history lessons, but they're actually life lessons. We have a lot to learn from from the old testament right trust the lord o- 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 over over people obey his words rather than th- even if you don't understand it obey his words and always acknowledge him and he will make our paths straight right these promises are from god and i and i believe in him and i believe in his words i hope you do too i hope you study his words and believe them too obey his words obey them remember partial obedience is sin Delayed obedience, sin. Doing your own thing instead of following the word of God, right? That is sin. And over and over again, we know the word and we violate it. And over and over again, we see in Israel is doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And over and over again, so often we're doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Oh, you might not call it evil. Oh, you might call it a little dabbling, a little witchcraft, a little Ouija board, a little horoscopes. You're dabbling in evil, You're dabbling in sinfulness. And there will be consequences to it. And then when you mess up and when you fail and when you fall short, when you sin, repent. Turn from your wrongdoings and turn back to God. Don't do it carelessly, though. Don't do it like, hey, no big deal. I'll just say, you know, this or that and do this and that, whatever, you know. And it's all done. Doesn't work that way, church. It doesn't work that way. Barak had a word from the Lord. And yet placed his trust in Deborah over God. That act was sinful, and now there's consequences to sin, and different varying uh, degrees of punishment for, for sin and uh, uh, faithful faithfullessness. In this case, the battle is not going to be credited to Barak, but to a woman. And again, within the story, twists and turns, twists and turns. In the story, we see a king Jabin and his commander oppressing the people, and possibly underestimating. The leadership of a woman. Then we see Barak discounting the word of the Lord and then placing his trust in the hands of a woman, Deborah. So again, twists and turns, twists and turns. And now the day of the battle arises, and Deborah uh, tells Barack in verse fourteen, "Go. This is the day the Lord has given you." She's giving him instructions. This is the this is the day the Lord has given uh, Caesarea into your hands. He has. Has, he not, has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down to Tabar, followed by 10,000 men. And Barak advances, and the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and the, and the army by the sword. And we see that Sisera abandoned his chariot and fled on foot. But Barak pursues him and pursues the chariots and the armies. And all the troops of Sisera fell by the sword, and not a man was left. Wow! What a great victory! What a great victory in spite of Barak's sin. God blessed him in battle. But the truth is, uh, the victory call did not go out yet. The formal win, the formal victory call did not go out yet. Why? Because Cicero was still, the military commander, was still not captured and killed yet. Verse 17 says, Sisera, however, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite, Canine, because there were friendly relations between Jabin, uh, the king of Hazar, and the clan of Haber, the the Kenite. Okay, oh, Canine. Now, the story is going to take on uh, another twist and turn, but let's first look at Deborah's leadership here. She's not scared to confront her enemies. She's not scared. Uh, she's really good with having a, a good word and an encouraging word and a, a word from the Lord. She's ready to give out wisdom and... And instructions, and she gave a word of the Lord. And remember, she's a prophetess, she's a leader, she's a judge. And she's going to tell Barak, if I go with you, a woman's going to get credit for this victory. Verse 9 says, but because of the way that you're going about it, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will be, the Lord will hand uh, Sisera over to a woman. There are times I fear Complacency, misguidedness, and sin will cause us to, to go about things wrongly. Barak, it's warned, he's warned that his actions will cause him not to gain honor of victory. Now you might think from a quick read that it's going, that all the honor and victory is going to Deborah here, and partially true. But we have to look at the rest of the story. Deborah goes with Barak and summons the men to battle. Barak then gets the 10,000 men, and I'm sure uh, they saw Deborah with him and a sign of oneness, and that the battle was gonna be theirs, and there was encouragement that took place. She might have expressed that to the men, who knows. But what we do know is that she's still giving out instructions to the military commander. Undeniable. Verse 14, Deborah says to Barak, go. This is the day the Lord has given Sisera unto your hands and the battle rages on and Barak destroys Sisera's troops not a man was left. Annihilation took place. But we see that the story doesn't end there. It does not end there. The story moves from Deborah to uh, Jael. And while uh, Barak did not obey the words of the Lord Jael stood up for God and righteousness. She stood up for God, and she stood up for righteousness. And, and Jael on the surface might have been torn between, between two groups of people, the people of God and the oppressors of God. Because during this period of time, King Jabin and Jael's people had a treaty or at least a friendly relation. So Sisera, King Jabin's commander, felt safe and secure when she invited him into her tent. And what she did was actually lure him into a trap. Now, there's no indication that seduction was here. Basically, it was one of trust and one of hospitality. And in those days, you would invite people into your house. Today, we put X's across front doors, and we don't want people in the house, and COVID has made that a thousand times worse. Worse, right? No, don't come in, oh don't mask up, whatever. You know, it's like we can't even have regular comfort. I love this church that was so free. You want to wear your mask? Wear it. You want to take your mask off? Take it off. Mm-hmm. We're so free in the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. I love this church. Amen. And I love I just anyway. In those days you invite people in and you care for them and you would meet their needs. Yeah. So she came out of her tent. And she speaks to him, verse 18, went out of her tent to meet Sisera uh, and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Come right in. Don't be afraid. <laughs> and so she entered the tent and she put a covering over him. I'm thirsty, he said. Let me get some water. Let me get a drink. So she opens the skin of milk and gives him a, a drink and covers him up. Stand by the doorway of the tent, he says, he told her. If someone comes in by and asks you, is anyone in here, just say no. Just say no. Now, you have to love what this woman does. I love it. She shows him hospitality. It's a good start. She gives him a place to rest, a place to hide. On the surface, it seems like she is protecting him, so she gives him a glass of milk and some cookies and says, relax and rest. Now there weren't cookies in there for our kids that are listening, there was no cookies that day. Um, but instead of water, she gave him a nice glass of warm milk and then stuck a, a tent peg through his head. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, we all know that a nice glass of warm milk, what it does, it puts people in a resting position and to sleep. And what she does next, she takes a hammer and a tent peg and slams it right into his head, right into the ground. This is brutal. She, she's definitely a true card-carrying female warrior. She is no joke, no joke. The tent peg goes right through his, his temple, right into the ground. Verse 21, jail picked up the tent peg and hammer and went quietly uh, to him while he lay asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground. He died. Now I think it's important to notice here: uh, God can use you when you make yourself aware and available to Him, mm-hmm. and then you take and then you take action. Uh, she was aware and available, and then she took action. Yep. She's aware of, of of who this person was. Right, and, and while she made her tent available to him and, and actually violated the cultural hospitality, uh, the understanding of hospitality, uh, because he was looking for help and, and, and refuge from her, and what she gave him was a tent peg to the brain, uh, you can't play around with sin. You can't play around with, with sin. Sin kills. Now, she deceives him, I think, for sure, but her motives because a motives war to do him harm, not help him. As some say that her behaviors was wrong or deceitful, I kind of say that she gets a pass during wartime. Things are done differently during times In other situations. This person was a murderer. This person was a killer. This person was an, an abuser, an enemy of God. And judgment was coming his way. And she was going to intentionally and purposefully get involved. By the way, she actually never lies uh, to him. He assumed the law of hospitality existed in her tent. She never never said, hey, I hold to this this rule of hospitality. It was an assumption on his part that made him lose his life. Uh, Maybe you need clarity before you just walk into some other lady's tent. He underestimated the power of a woman on a mission from God, and it's powerful. The man was an enemy of God, and his entire military army was destroyed. He lost... His 900 chariots and he was on the run now for his life and she took advantage of that and she was aware of who he was even though uh, there was some kind of ally between her and and, and her clan or a husband whatever it might be he this 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 um, general commander represented sin symbolic of sin and he was standing opposed to Israel and opposed to God and she stood against him. She stood against evil. And, and, and when that meant, she also had to stand up against her culture and the society and the norms of society for that day. Church, there are times that we must take a stand uh, for God and for righteousness, even if that means going against culture, even if that means going against the norms of the day, even if it means uh, rising up against some of the traditions of the day, or rise up against governments or or those who are in power. We need to stand up for righteousness every day of our life, not just on Sundays. We need to do that. Yeah, we we can take a praise break for that, because we need to do that. She took a stand for righteousness for God, and for the people of God, and the battle was declared a victory once he was declared dead. We should have a zeal to win. But it starts with obedience to God. It starts with obedience to His Word. And eventually, it ends when sin, in a sense, is put to death and getting rid of. Overcome sin until it's dead should be our goal as we live on life. Purge a church. Remove it from your life. Read God's words and make the changes that you ought to be making with the help of God and the Holy Spirit. It starts with us. And let me pause and remind all of us That without Christ, Jesus Christ, in our hearts and our life as Lord and Savior, we're playing with sin. We're playing with fire. And one day we're going to get burned by it if we don't change our mindset and our heart and turn it over to the Lord. One day if sin is not purged in our life, the only one that can do it is putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If it is not purged, it will destroy you. And so we must turn our life over to God. And invite him in. Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me, Lord. Come into my heart, I pray. Come into my heart and stay. Sin will need to be purged from our life. But it cannot happen rightly if you do not give your life to the Lord. We are powerless to overcome sin on our own. You need to get that. We are powerless. We, we want the power. We want to power up on our own. But we need to power up in the Holy Spirit. We need, to, we need to turn our life and hearts over to Jesus Christ. Amen. Powerless to overcome sin on our own. It's only through the cross, through the work of Jesus Christ, that we can gain salvation and have access to Father God. It's only through the cross, His, his death, burial, and resurrection, that we can have eternity with Him. And once we're saved and we, we invite Him into our hearts, which, which you can do anytime while you're alive and living, on earth, But once you're dead, your future is locked into those decisions that you made while you're living on earth. And so where you will spend the rest of your life depends on who you serve while you're living on planet earth. Did you serve the Lord or the world? Did you serve the Prince of Peace or the Prince of Darkness? Did you do, do things God's ways or your own way? Repentance and ongoing faithfulness. To the Lord is important. To right living. Amen. Amen. While he died for you. You still have a free choice. To live for him. He has chosen you. He has called you. But he has given you free will. To reject that call. To reject his love. To reject his mercy. To reject his grace. What will you do with that choice? What will you do with your choice? What will you do hearing the word of God today. And rejecting it today. What, that decision that you make will dictate where you spend eternity and with whom. Jael stood up for God and stood up for righteousness. She was victorious. So Sisera, the king's commander, is now dead. Verse 22, Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera and Jael went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you are looking for. How cool is she? I just wasted a guy sticking a tent peg through. Yo, come check out who's laying in my in my crib over here. <laughs> check it out. So I went with her and there laid Caesarea with a tent peg. Cesara. I said this name a thousand times already. I'm trying to get it right, but yo, whatever. Caesarea is how I'm saying it. I'm going to try to keep saying it that way. But. Where you are? Verse 23. On that day, God subdued Jabin, the Canaanite king, before the Israelites. And the hands of the Israelites grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, the Canaanite king, until they destroyed him. As Deborah and Jabin and other people were faithful, God gave them the victory and put their enemy to flight, destroyed their enemy, and they got the victory. Jail is a strong woman of faith, boldness, and a person of action. She used whatever tools she had available to her to become victorious. She used her wit. She used her hammer and a tenth peg, right? She used hospitality. She used the customs of the day. And maybe even a twinkle in her eye. I really don't know. But she used the tools that she had in her hand to win the victory for the people of God that day. And I want you to be encouraged today to use what God has given you in your hands. Given you uh, to to have the victory as well. Use whatever God... Has blessed you with. Use whatever you have in your hand. Use whatever you have around you and be aware and be available for God. Take action. And this reminds me of the story of Moses in Genesis chapter 4, when Moses is going back and forth uh, with God. Verse 2 then Moses, then the Lord said to Moses, What is it in your hand? A staff, Moses replied. And the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach inside your, uh, your hand, and, uh, hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out, took, it by the, the, took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Then said the Lord, it's so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has, prepared, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses is obedient and he does that. And when he takes his hand out, it's leprous, like snow. Verse 7, now put it back in your cloak. He said, so Moses did that. And when he took it out, it was restored. It was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if you do not believe, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first miraculous signs, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the the dry ground. And the water you take from the river will become like blood on the ground. Now, we might know, and you have to know this, that Moses really didn't want to do the job that he was given. So many people just don't want to do the, the job and the task. They're given. We complain and grumble. I oh, want God use me, and He says, "Here are the three things I want you to do." No, no, give me five or six. Give me other. Give me something else to do. We, we just grumble and complain. It, 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 it's it's so funny. It's actually not funny, but sometimes you just have to laugh or cry. Um, but Moses didn't want to do his job either. And he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go back to the past. He didn't want to deal with the past. He didn't want to deal with Egypt. He didn't want to deal with Pharaoh again, right? And so he starts haggling with the Lord and trying to figure things out and trying to make a ton of excuses. I'm not worthy. I can't speak. This and that, right? But basically, the Lord tells him two main things. I will use what you already have in your hands. And if that's not good enough, I'll give you more. And I'll send you more help. And he will be with Moses. And he's going to bless Moses. It's also important to to realize and remember it's not actually what's in your hand that matters most or, or the staff, where the miracles come from. What matters most is your faithfulness to God and his word and the strength and the power come from the Lord. So whatever you have dedicated and devoted unto the Lord, he will help you use it to further his kingdom. And when we commit and devote ourselves everything that we have and everything that we are unto the Lord, wonders, miraculous things, signs, and wonders are followed and be performed, then we will become successful in life because the Lord is with us, because the Lord is for us, and because the Lord has made us victorious. Amen. The power of Moses was not in Moses' staff, but the power of God's words. The power wasn't in Samson's hair, but in the God of Samson. And the power wasn't in Jael's hammer or 10th peg, but in her willingness to take purposeful action, steps of action and faith unto the Lord. He blessed her, he gives her the victory. And when we use, what we use already, what we have for the kingdom of God, he advances his kingdom, he advances what he wants and the enemy the enemy's kingdom starts getting defeated and falls apart. Jael used what she had and devoted it unto the Lord. She was brave while many other people were fearful. She took action where many other people did not take action. She was victorious, and the battle was credited to her. She became victorious. Judges 5, chapter 5 is a song of the success. And I won't go into all of it right now, but I do want to highlight some, some things very quickly. Verses one through seven, chapter five. On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinah, Hum, sang this song, and when the, when the princes in Israel take lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord, hear this you kings, listen you rulers, I will sing to the Lord, I will sing, I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. This song is praises unto God. It was God who gave the victory. It was God who allowed them to overcome their enemies. It's God. It's always God. It's God who gave them the victory as well. And they sang the song of praises unto him. And I love that line. The people were willingly offered themselves. Willingly offered themselves. You know, this is volunteerism. This is volunteerism. Yes, you have Deborah as as the leader, but the people, the volunteers, willingly showed up, willingly offered themselves to follow. It's a team approach, church. And together they sang, and together they praised. And when we gather together, when we come together, when we agree, when we work together and advance uh, God's kingdom, and we do it with the right heart, and we do it in agreement, we do it that type of mindset, not only will you be the victor, but it should cause us to praise And worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And it should cause us to do it corporately and collectively. Praise and worship in your home for sure. Do that. And you should do that. But there's something awesome and powerful when the church comes together like we did today. And the people of God start singing spiritual songs unto God. You can feel the excitement in the air, right? The atmosphere starts changing in hearts and, and faith starts arising in the people as we agree in worship and prayer and praise and singing uh, amazing songs unto God. Now there's something that we don't see happen in chapter four that's revealed in chapter five. Remember King Jabed had 900 chariots. In chapter four, we learned that they abandoned it. They abandoned their chariots, they fled on foot. Now why in the world would they do that? Because chariots were very powerful. That was like abandoning 900 tanks, like like we did when, let me not go there. (laughs) Verse four and five of, of chapter five answers, O Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook and the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water. The mountains quaked before the Lord the one of Sinai, before the Lord God of Israel. This is a thunder shower. This was a great rain shower, right? It probably, most certainly, was a, a flash flood that took place and disabled these chariots and they got stuck in the mud. They couldn't go, right? The heavens poured out and the earth shook and the ground quaked. You see, our strength and our power and our victory comes from the Lord, not man. Ultimately, it comes from the Lord, not man. And yes, you need to go to work. And you need to show up. And you need to do the things God called you to do. And you need to get ready for the battle. And you do your part. But never take it for granted. Never take it for granted. Never think, oh, I'm great. I I did all this work. I bring the victory. I, I, I. Because you're so wise and smart and crafty and and capable. No, stop looking at yourself. All glory goes to God. While you might have many gifts and, and they're from God. They're not because you're so talented. They're from God. He's the one who gives them out and distributes it to you and to us and to the church for common good. To make sure all glory and honor goes to God. God was fighting for them. God was fighting with them. God was with them. And Sisera and his troops, they had to abandon their chariots and their posts. Now remember, this king and, and this army was cruel and wicked and they opposed the God of Israel. It was so bad that verses 6 and 7 of chapter 5 says, In the days of jail, the roads were abandoned. Travelers took winding paths and village life ceased. Village life in Israel ceased. These roads were dangerous. They were dangerous to travel. People had to take back roads, winding roads, right? Probably in secret because things got so bad. They abandoned their villages as well. Their homes, like... Let's all of us just get, leave Hamburg and just leave and go somewhere else. War's terrible. Look at Ukraine and what's happening over there, right? The roads and, and the bridges are, are being occupied and dangerous places to travel. And people are hiding on the ground. And people are in subway stations hiding on the ground, right? And we pray for peace in Ukraine. We pay, pray for, for peace in Jerusalem as well. But understand this too. As long as there is evil, right? There are battles that have to be won and and people of God who have to rise up and go against these enemies of God every day. We need to push back the enemies as we hold the line and we advance the kingdom of God. As long as Satan is out there wanting to take as many prisoners as possible, there is work for us to be done. In church, there is work that needs to be done. Until the Lord sets up his kingdom during the millennial reign of Christ, there will be trials, there will be persecutions, there will be hard times, there will be loss of life. And so we need to cry out to God in the good times and cry out to God in the bad times as well. Asking him to provide, asking him to protect, asking him to help us out, asking him to give us the victory. And we need to purge sin from our hearts. And our homes to start living rightly according to the word of God. We need to purge sin from our hearts and homes and not just play around with sin. Right? Not, we need to purge sin. Jael purged it. She purged it with a hammer, a tent peg, and destroyed Cicero. Now Deborah arose, the mother of Israel, ready and willing to battle. Watch out for those lionesses. Watch out for them, though, willing to, to oversee their children and protecting them, and they will do great damage, especially when they're on a mission from God and doing the work of God, and all women here are on a mission from God. Yeah. Stay the course and stay faithful to what God has called you to do. The odds were against them, and the weapons were confiscated. Verse 8. I hope the Scriptures coming alive to you. I love reading these Scriptures. Verse 8, and not a shield or a spear, not a shield or a spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My my heart is with Israel's princes, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. No shield, no spears, no formal weapons, but willing hearts. Willing uh, volunteers among the people, willing to serve willing to go willing to give willing to fight for what is right willing to stand up against culture right against sin against evil against against everything that was against them against the odds they're going to stand up and fight but God is with them and when God is for you that changes everything church that changes everything that, that means you have something to be excited about when you know that God is for you and with you Amen. and it's God who gives us the victory and he will but we have to stay faithful to God whether you're young or old, youth, students, stay faithful to God. Stay faithful to Him. in the same kind of passion that we need today to trust the Lord with all your heart, to put forth His will and willing to step it up and to step out of our comfort zone. Like we, like we heard in this message last week, it's time to advance. What a great message we had last week. Time to advance. It's time to step out. And step up. And faith, step out of our comfort zone. Step up and step out. Faith is an action where it requires movement and motion. Whether you're sitting or standing or kneeling, or whatever it is, around these altars, right? It's it's faith and action. It requires you to do something. It requires you to say something. It requires you to get involved. Let me jump quickly to verse 24. Almost finished. Most blessed of women be Jabel. The, the wife of Haber, the Kenite, the most blessed of the twin, ten dwelling women. He asked for water. She gave him milk in a bowl fit for nobles. She brought him curdled milk. Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. After her feet sank, he fell. There he lay. At her feet, he sank. He fell. Where he sank, there he fell, dead through the window. It appeared to mother. Behind the lattice, she cries out, Why is the chariot so long and coming? Why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of the ladies answered her, Indeed, she keeps saying to herself, Are they not finding the dividing, the spoils? A girl for two for each, for men? Colorful garments as plunder for Sarah? Colorful garments embroidered? Highly embroidered garments for my neck? all this as plunder? So may all your enemies perish, O Lord. But may those who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength, then the land will see peace for 40 years. I believe Jael understood that peace comes from the Lord. True peace comes from the Lord. And sin must be overcome and sin must be purged. Evil must be put to death. People must get involved in the process, in the battle, in the war against evil. Too many people are playing around with sin. Too many watching from the sidelines. Too many idols. Too many people are asleep when we need to be awake. Too many people are absent when they should be congregating together, unified as one. And by the way, being neutral, right, to sin is really engaging or enabling sin. Standing back and watching from afar and saying, I'm not going to get involved is allowing it very often to happen. God is, is willing and wanting to do a great work throughout this country and really throughout the world. And he's waiting for people, good people, godly people. To rise up and take a stand for righteousness. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So few would rise up and stand. When God calls you, whether you're young or whether you're old, we must respond to His call. We must respond to His call. And those who don't want to respond, those who don't want to yield Him, those who refuse to move, who will not change, there will be a cost for your laziness, for your complacency, there will be a price for idleness souls will be lost and the kingdom of God cannot advance in those cases and their blood is on your hands if you remain silent if you choose to do nothing but when sin is purged when sin is purged and God is God is honored the people start to rejoice the people start to get excited and things start to change The enemy gets defeated, and there becomes peace in the land. And there was peace in the land for 40 years. Two women rose up to do battle with the enemies of God. Deborah, a judge, a leader, a prophetess, a ruling one of Israel, of both men and women, boys and girls. Jael, most blessed of 10 dwelling women who knew who she was fighting for, who understood the times that she was living in. Both these women took leadership in their life, leadership in the roles that they found themselves in. They oversaw, uh, Deborah oversaw Israel, and Jael oversaw her home. Both fought against evil and won. And both, I believe, were supernaturally empowered by God in the season that they were at, in the roles and functions that they operated in at that time, to live rightly and to do what is right. And God bless them for their leadership and faith in God. And God will bless you as you take a stand for righteousness. With God's help and Holy Spirit empowerment, may we purge sin in our lives. Sin from our life until it's dead. And may God give us the victory against our enemies as we take steps forward by faith. And this should lead us to praise and worship and honor God in greater ways. And so I just want to tell you now, let's take a stand for God. Let's take a stand. And there's many ways that you respond to Him. Many ways you can respond if the will. You can respond through praise and worship. You can respond at times even by giving an offering. Got the baskets on the side. There's so many ways you can respond by a good word. You can respond by by but just doing your part, whatever that is. You can respond by coming to church and loving on the people. God wants to use everyone here. Do you want to be utilized by God? Are you willing to take a stand? Are you willing to take a step of faith, church? When we do that, He will honor you. As you honor him, as we, as we humble ourselves, he elevates us higher and higher and higher. Take a stand for righteousness. Purge sin from your, from your life. And whatever roles and functions you have, lead rightly, lead well, and bring others with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord. It is done.
1: It is finished. Christ has
0: he is raised,
1: grace is here. The past
0: We try to tell you to go to the bathroom before you need to go to the bathroom, but that's another—that's another thing. But if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I know. But listen, it's okay if you don't know the Lord. I'm just gonna take one more moment. And if you're listening at home and you don't know Jesus, receive Him now in Jesus' name. Turn your heart over to Him confess and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I don't I don't understand all the things in the Bible, but what things are for certain? I believe that you are the resurrected Savior. And when I give my life over to Him and I repent, you, I will receive you and the Holy Spirit will dwell in me and I will live forever and ever following you and being obedient to your ways. If you do something like that today, I believe you're saved. But I love the opportunity to pray with you. Call, write, email, Talk to someone here. All right, I'm just going to look around one more second. All right, babe, we'll let's sing this song again. You're dismissed in God and Jesus. Strongholds bowing to the Savior, resurrection.
1: have strong